proximity. Amen? I want you to stand to your feet while you take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 4. 1 Peter chapter number 4. And uh, we're going to begin in verse number 12. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12. I, I only have two points uh, today, but I have about 27 sub-points. Amen. So if you thought you was getting off, you ain't. Amen. Uh, no, I, 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 the way this, this came about, uh, this particular message this morning, I wanted to do everything I could to get us an intro into suffering, uh, sorrow, grief, things that we're, we're dealing with, going through, and, uh, and how to make it through them. Uh, we're we're going to face some things that's just incredible, and, but God's faithful, amen. Uh, he is faithful. Sometimes he don't seem that way, but he is. He's faithful. And uh, we're going to share some things. And throughout this month, we're going to do everything we can to encourage those that are broken, lift up those that have fallen, uh, do everything we can to exhort the brethren this month. Uh, I want to thank everybody that, that uh, uh, gave me cards and, and gifts and so forth for uh, pastor's appreciation. Uh, I tell you, I, I appreciate it more than you know. Uh, there's not a preacher on this planet that knows how much he's appreciated more than me. Y'all spoil me rotten, and I thank you for it. Uh, I don't deserve it, but I'm grateful for it. I appreciate your love. Uh, my little girl, Brandy, she, she said when she seen the, the cards and things, she said, well, why don't we have preacher's kid appreciation? I mean, we have to be, we have to be good every day, you know. I said, I said, you better be good or I'll beat the devil out of you. Amen. But anyhow... First uh, Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. He didn't just say trial. He said fiery trial. Don't think it's something weird that's happening to you. Don't, don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard. Believe it, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding what? Joy. Joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, say that with me, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, in other words, you're suffering because you're a Christian, let him, that, uh, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be uh, to them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Verse 19, very important verse. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Now charismatics will want to take that verse out of the Bible. Because they'll tell you if you're suffering, you're not in the will of God. They'll say, if you're living right, no bad things will happen. You'll never suffer. You'll never get sick. Well, they don't have the same Bible I'm reading. Because the Bible says, if you're suffering according to the will of God, 
commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your mercy. And God, I don't even... I don't even feel like that I, I'm even going to come close to doing this justice today. And God, I don't deserve to be here, and you know it, and I know it. And, and, and I ask your forgiveness, Lord. I ask you for your mercy. I ask you, Lord, to clear everything and anything that would hinder your word from being spoken today. Please, Lord, come into my life right now, into my, my, my lungs, into my mind, into my mouth, and preach your word. Amen. Lord, let me just step back and listen to you for a little while this morning. God, I'll thank you and I'll praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I told the church Wednesday night, as I, 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 I said I'm going to attempt to speak on these issues and, and these topics of suffering and grief and grieving and, and, and going through difficulties. And the first thing I said, I want everybody to know I'm not an expert on this. I don't, I don't know everything about this. And I'm learning and we can just learn together. As I'm learning, you can learn, and we'll just all learn together. And uh, I'll just have to say it like this. I'm not much, but I'm all y'all got. Say amen. So we'll just help each other and encourage one another. And as I begin to pray about this and, 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 and say, Lord, how can we start this out this month of, of dealing with these type of issues? God gave me just a couple thoughts, and I want to share them with you today. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That tells me we have a Savior in heaven who's experienced what we have experienced. He has felt what we felt. He knows what we're going through, and He is there on our behalf. We always talk about what Jesus did here, but I'm glad for what He's doing up there. He's standing before God on my behalf. He's there praying for me when I don't even want to pray. He's there talking to the Father on my behalf. Even when I'm not in a place where I can do it on my own, He is there doing it for me. How many of you found out so far in your Christian life there'll be times when you don't even want to pray, you don't even think you can pray, you don't even think you can get anywhere near to God, but I'm glad Jesus knows my infirmities. Jesus knows my weakness. He knows when I can and He knows when I can't. And when I can't, He steps in for me and says, this is what He needs right now. Give the Lord praise and glory this morning. Everybody give Him praise. Grief and suffering, difficulty on this planet. He said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. He is speaking to the Christians there in that day. And, and, and they had been suffering uh, somewhat around them. But they were fixing to go through an unbelievable amount of persecution and suffering from the Roman government and from the Roman Caesars. They were fixing to go through things that, that God only knows how they got through. He said, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's uh, 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 something weird that's happening to you. I want to give you uh, two things this morning. We're going to talk about two things. The recognition of trials and then the response to trials. Say that with me. The first thing we're going to talk about is the... Say it again. Number one, the... The recognition of trials. You need to understand what kind of trial you're going through. You need to understand what that's about and, and, and the purpose of that and, and so forth and so on. And I'll tell you why. Because in, in order to respond to it, you need to know what kind it is. 
Because you don't respond to every trial the same way. I, I, I've, been, I've been trying to encourage some folks and, and I've been calling people and there's a whole lot smarter than I am and people that have gone through some tragedies and difficulties and, and getting counsel from them and advice from them and talking to them. And, and one thing I've learned, every trial is not the same and you don't respond to every trial in the same way. One of the things that we learn in, in, in most churches you, you, you grow up in, and, and, and the Bible says, and even in this verse here, even in this verse here, uh, it says, uh, uh, don't think it a strange thing. And then it says this, verse 13, but rejoice. But rejoice. I thought, dear God, how am I going to do that? I'm standing in a graveside. Are you telling me I'm supposed to rejoice at a grave? Are you telling me I'm supposed to? And God says, no, read the whole chapter. I said, well, I learned something last night. I learned some things about this. So let's talk about this. The, the recognition of trials and then the response to trials. And we'll, we'll, we'll be done this morning. Number one, uh, the recognition of trials. What kind of trials will we face as a Christian? Uh, there are, uh, A, if you're taking notes, A, there are plain trials. Write that down. Write that down. There are plain trials. Plain trials. You say, what kind of trials are them? Them are just, them are just things that we're all going to face. Everybody's going to go through it because we're the human race and we're on a corrupt, corrupt, broke planet. Say amen. amen. There's plain trials. The Bible said, Job 14, 1. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. trouble. It started in the Garden of Eden. Man messed up in the Garden of Eden, messed everything up for everybody. And from then on, we've had trouble. We've had difficulty. We've had trials. We've had just plain old trials. You know, I'm afraid, church, I'm afraid we have all been guilty, especially your preacher. We have all been guilty of giving God more credit for things than he deserves. So what in the world are you talking about? Blaming God for things that he didn't have anything to do with. I have a flat tire. My goodness, why did God make my tire go flat? Hello? I, I, I'm still preaching, y'all. Y'all still with me? Why did God, you know, I mean, things that happen. Uh, uh, why did God let me get that speeding ticket? Listen, this is not God's wrath upon us. This is the state of Alabama's wrath upon us. Are y'all with me? It's a plain trial. It's something, if you're stupid, you're going to have to be tough. And the bad part is, right before you went over the hill, she said, slow down, and you didn't, and there he was. Amen. Now you're experiencing the wrath of Alabama and the wrath of your wife that you live with. Are y'all with me? There's some plain trials. What kind of trials? Plain trials, just because we're here. Just because you say, what about those aches and those pains and all that stuff? That's because we're here. We are whatever age we are. I, I, uh, somebody came to church the other day, and, uh, and, and, and they just left the doctor's office, and, uh, and, 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 and the doctor said, well, you're feeling everything a woman of your age is supposed to feel. <laughs> now, I don't know how encouraging that was, but uh, what are you saying? That's supposed to happen. Things are supposed to happen. I'm getting to where I can't hardly read my Bible. I'm going to have to go get glasses again. Is, is, that, is that the wrath of God? No. It means I'm getting old. 
I'm forgetting things. Things are happening. It's just things that will happen. Your car breaks down because they break down. It, listen, when they get a certain amount of miles on it, things wear out. That's just things that happen. God is not angry with you. God is not punishing you. You just got a sorry car. Are y'all with me? What happens? When plain things happen to us, that happens to everybody. If, if, if you was driving the car, it'd have broke down on you. Brother, me, if you'd have driving, it'd have broke down on you. And now, now, that don't always work with your parents because your dad, when you borrow something used and it broke, if I had it, it wouldn't have broke. Yes, it would Because it's just one of them things that happen. Some things just happen. Now, now let me get a little bit more serious. I believe death, there's three different trials I'm going to talk about, but I believe death can be attributed to each one of them. I believe death is something that just happens. Why? Because everybody's doing it. If the Lord tarries His coming, do you know everybody in this building sooner or later is going to die? Does everybody understand that? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is... Amen. It's there. It's there. Sin coming in the world. And when sin came into the world, death came with sin. Everybody's going to die. If your loved one died, God was not picking on you. It's something that just happens to everybody. Do you realize death is no respecter of persons? You can go to a graveyard and there's graves, tombs. Listen, tombstones of every single age. Why? It's because of sin. It's because of, listen, the curse upon mankind. We have these things. We have cancer. We have cataracts. We have glaucoma. We have all these things because of sin in the garden. Everybody faces it. Everybody faces it. Listen, I believe divorce. I believe divorce is one of them plain old trials. I, 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 I don't believe God's punishing nobody. I don't believe God's doing anything like that. I, I, I believe it's just one of them things. Two imperfect people not being able to get along with each other. Everybody's imperfect. Everybody's got problems. I try to tell people, I try to tell people that, that they're thinking about getting married. I said, you've got to find somebody with the problems that you can live with. Don't try to find somebody that ain't got them. Because you're still going to be looking. You need to find one that's got the ones you can live with. Hello. See, this is, this is I, I'm smarter than your average bear. Say amen. I know well and good enough, everybody's got them. Because if, if one person was perfect, they wouldn't need you. Say amen. Hello. But see, this stuff happens to everybody. But the first one we want to blame when that happens, we want to blame God. Why God let this happen? No, no, let's don't blame him. Listen, some of these things that we face is just, man, it's just plain old trials. It's just things that happens to everybody. Amen. Not only that, but, but, but write this down. Not only are there plain trials, but then there be, there is punishing trials. So how did you contribute death to this one? Because the Bible says, if you're saved and you belong to him, this is in 1 Corinthians, you're saved and you belong to him and he corrects you and he corrects you and, he, and you don't turn back to him there's going to be a certain time he's going to cut you off of this planet yeah, turn your flesh over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in that day that's there 
So I can, I can attribute death in this particular one. I believe there are people that have left out here early. I believe there are people that just, it was just a fact of life. It was just human nature. I mean, people that have died just because their body uh, grew, grew weary and, there, and, and, and things happened. It was natural causes, eh? But then there have been people that have left here early because they were saved, they were children of God, and they would not turn back to God, and God took them out of here. Amen. There are trials that we will face because we are not where we're supposed to be. I'll give you a verse. You have that verse for me, Brother Barnes? Uh, Psalms 119.67. Watch this. Before I was... Come on, y'all. Don't, 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 don't stay with me now. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Before I was... I went... But now... Have I... Now, if we all were honest... <laughs> Boy, that's a statement. But if everybody that came in this room was honest, and you're saved, everybody would have to say sometime in your saved life, God had to afflict you to get you back where you're supposed to be. Before I was afflicted, I went. But now, woohoo! I've kept that word. There was, there was... There was areas of, of motivation that my father used on me to keep me in the straight and narrow. Timeout wasn't one of them. Uh, Riddling wasn't one of them. It was a leather belt about as long as this pulpit right here. And he did like Southern Bell. He'd reach out and touch somebody. He would put the board of education onto the seat of knowledge. And I would receive... A wonderful education. Say amen. Why? He wanted me to be where I'm supposed to be. The Bible says Hebrews 12, 6. Hebrews 12, 6. For whom the... The who? The Lord loveth he and every son whom he received. Preacher, what do you mean? You mean tell me? You mean tell me God will whoop me if I'm not right? That's exactly what I'm telling you. And you better hope that whooping's there because if it ain't, you're in worse shape than that. Because if God doesn't correct you, you don't belong to Him. And if you don't belong to Him, you're headed for hell. You got an example for that? Yeah. How about Jonah? Jonah, I need you to go that way. I need you to go to Nineveh. Tell them I'm mad. I'm, I'm going to destroy them. They sinned against me. And Jonah said, oh, no, I'm going the opposite way. Jonah loaded up on the ship. Most of y'all know this story. Most of y'all know this story. Jonah loaded up on the ship. And, and listen, and when he went on that ship, when he went on that ship, uh, uh, he said, I'm running from God. I'm going to do my own thing. And because of that, God prepared a great fish and swallowed him whole. Swallowed him. Now, I don't know about you. But being in the, in, in the belly of a whale with, with stomach acid and other things, seaweed wrapping around my neck, that would be a trial. How many of y'all kids know what I'm talking about? You're looking for that fish, ain't you? <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm saying this. God's got a fish for everybody. I told you all this story. Fellas. I was, uh, I, I, uh, I just turned 18. I was about 18 and a half, almost 19. It was at the age when I realized that I knew everything. 
How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah man, we all been there. No, y'all ain't got there yet. You ain't got there. <laughs> but but I figured, you know, I'm smarter than everybody. I'm smarter than my parents and all that. Well, I went to I went to uh, uh, Bible college for one semester, and it was 500 miles away from everybody I knew. I was homesick. I didn't want to go back. It was colder, colder than I have ever been in my life. I come back, and I ain't going back. I bless God, I have what I need right here. I ain't going back. I decided to play baseball. Right, and some of y'all know the story, but act like you ain't never heard it. <laughs> I decided to play baseball, and, uh, and I said, I'm going to play baseball. Mom, Dad, they said, no, you need to go back to school. You need to finish what you started. And, 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 and I made my, I ain't going back. I'm not going back. I, don't go, I can get what I can get. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, went to practice that day. Went to practice that day. They was out there before practice started, uh, out there shagging fly balls. I mean, we was out there running, having a big time, and I was chasing after a fly ball, running as hard as I could, and I caught the ball, turned around, and kissed a chain-link fence, running wide open. I hit the ground. I was bleeding everywhere. I mean, I just, I had blood coming from everywhere, and I looked, and I, all I could see was the sky, and you know what the first thought that come to my mind? If I was where I was supposed to be, I wouldn't be bleeding right now. You know where I was a week and a half later? I was northbound on 95. You know what God did? He got my attention. I guarantee you, he can get your attention. Your mama can't get your attention. Your daddy can't get your attention like God can get your attention. There's punishing trials. There's things we're going through because we're doing things we ought not to do. How am I going to know the difference? I'll tell you the difference. Because God will never put you through something without trying to get you back where you're supposed to be in the first place. I never snatched my young enough. I never. Turn around this way. I'm preaching this way. Them boys are going to get you in trouble right behind you. All right. There we go, buddy. My dad never snatched me up and started whooping me without telling me what I was getting it for. And matter of fact, anytime I got a whooping, I always knew what I was getting it for before he ever commenced to doing it. Say Amen. So none of us can go to, I don't know why I'm going through this. Yeah, you do. Because God will never whip you without giving you a chance to make it right because he's not just going to do that. He's going to speak in that still, small voice first. If that don't work, it will progressively get worse after that. Say amen. What's the first kind of trial we'll face? Plain trial. Then, then what, what do we see? And then number three, I want you to see a purifying trial. A purifying trial. Give me my verse for that one, Brother, Brother Bonus. Brother Bonus. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. A season. What's the next three words? You know what that tells me? I wouldn't go through it unless I needed it. If need be, ye are in heaviness. In other words, you're going through a difficult situation. You are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Watch this here, verse number 7. That the, what? The, the trial of your being much more precious than gold. Now, what's more precious? The trial? No, your faith. Your faith. God cares so much about your faith in Him that He's going to put it to the test to make it stronger. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus. What's that mean? 
God's going to put me to the test. God is going to take me through areas in my life to get me to become more like His Son. In the punishing trials, He's trying to correct us. But in the purifying trials, He's trying to develop us. We think God's killing us. We think God's trying His best to take us and tear us apart. But it's not. God's trying to conform you to the image of your Son. Well, what, what determines the pain, the, the pain in this area? How deformed you are. Let me say that again. What will determine the extent of the trial? How deformed you are. What's that mean? How less like Christ you are. The more opposite you are of Christ, the more adjusting He has to do on you. How many of y'all have ever been to the chiropractor? How many of y'all have been to the chiropractor and he just had to do a little... And that was it. Because you were pretty much lined up. But how many of y'all went there and he had you turned all sideways like a pretzel and everywhere? And then he tells you to go ice down afterwards. Why? Because you were so far out of whack, he had to do all kinds of things to get you to... So some of us are going to go through some show enough trials because we're more deformed than others. What do you mean by deformed? We're less like Christ than other folks that are saved. Amen? Amen? Now, watch this. What was the first trial? Come on, y'all. Stay with me. Number, uh, B? Punishing trial. C? Purifying trial. So now we understand the three that we go through. Now we understand the three that we face. All right? Now we understand the three that we face. All right? In those three, what do we do in the midst of these? Now this is where it gets hairy. This is where God really spoke to me and helped me in some areas. All right? In our response, number two, the response in the trial, the response to the trial. A, write this down. How do we respond to the plain trial? How do we respond to the plain things that we go through every day? How do we respond at the funeral? How do we respond in the grief? How do we respond when things are not going our way? How do we respond when we're going through that difficult divorce, when we're going through that difficult situation, when the finances have just hit the bottom and, and, and the banks are going, what do we do? What do we do in those times? Well, when we, in response to the plain trial, we must remember and rely. Write that down. Remember and rely. Now, what do we rely on? Now, now, let me finish preaching before you, you go to putting up your barriers and going to putting up things you disagree with. Number one, God wants us to rely on His people. God wants us to rely on His people. Do you know the Bible says, give me that verse. Give me that verse. Did I, did I put a verse on it? Oh, oh, yeah, there it is. Not forsaken the assembling of yourselves together. A lot of y'all, a lot of y'all think that I won't, I, I, I keep harping on you being faithful to church and being here when the doors are open, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you, you think I do that so I can have my numbers up. Numbers have nothing to do with it. I know what you're going to face when you walk out of that door. I know the fight that you're going to have for your life when you walk out that door. I know Satan is going to be there, and I know how much he will drain your spiritual battery, and if you don't come in and get that recharge, if you don't come in and get encouragement and get help, I guarantee you, you're going to run your battery so low you can't crank your motor. I'm fixing to have to do something. I'm fixing to have to do something. Uh, brother, brother uh, God's speaking to me. God's speaking to me about our teachers. 
We're going, to have to, we're going to have to change up our teachers if they can't be here. And I know some can't because of work. But if they can't be here on Sunday night and Wednesday night, we're going to have to change it around because I can't have people teaching that can't be there then. And this is why. Or, or in junior church, because there's so much giving, they're never receiving. And sooner or later, if they keep giving and giving and giving and teaching in Sunday school without receiving something, their battery's going to be so low and they're going to get so discouraged and depressed, they're going to end up quitting anyhow. That's what God's been telling me. And now, that's not going to go over good, but, but I, I can't help it. I'm trying to protect them. I have to do like the coach does when that player is hurt and he wants to go in anyhow. I have to be man enough and care about that player enough to say, hey, you're going to have to sit down because I can't risk you getting hurt anymore. You don't need to keep giving. You need to start receiving because you need this. I know you need encouragement. I know you need what this verse says. Not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as a man or some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. In those verses before that, you'll find one another so many times. We're here today to encourage one another because there are people here with suicidal tendency. There's people here with difficulty in their life. There's people here going through divorce and death and grief and suffering. And they are coming somewhere where they're hoping to God somebody cares enough to be there for them. There are people through those doors that you have no idea. If you knew what they were going through, it would blow your mind. So they need to be able to depend on us. To be there for them and encourage them. Now, God wants us to rely on His people. But then B, or number two, write this down. God wants us to rely on His presence. And I'm, and I'm going to say something about this too because I know some of y'all right now and, and you're getting those feelings up. And I understand that. And I thought about that and I talked to God about that. And I told God about that. And this is what He told me. Sometimes we won't be able to find God's people. Sometimes even though we try even though we have on our sign a place where friends are found, even though we, we want to, sometimes we're not always there. Even though we wish we was, even though we wanted to be, sometimes we let people down, don't we? Don't we? You know why? We're human. We're human. Sometimes when humanity lets humanity down, we get mad at deity. And we get mad at God when one of his other children let that one children down. But sometimes we're going to have to realize we're all human. I've said things, I've said things that to upset the dearest friends I have on this planet. And you know what I had to do? I had to go back to them. I'm sorry. That was stupid. My mouth was engaged before my brain was, and, and my brain was in neutral, and, and my mouth was wide open, and and you know what the other person did? They understood that I was human and said, don't worry about it. I forgive you. And we have to do that. But sometimes in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our suffering, y'all stay with me, I'm going somewhere. I promise you I'm going somewhere. Sometime in the midst of our grief, even though the people should be there, we can't find them. And you know what? Watch this. This is going. It's going I'm, I'm telling you. Even though in the midst of our grief, we can't find God's people, do you know sometimes we can't, Feel God's presence? 
Oh, trust me, I, I talked with the Lord a lot last night. This has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in, in this subject and this topic because everybody knows the cliches. I grew up in church my whole life. My whole entire life. It's all I've ever known. I've been to churches and conferences and camp meetings and revivals and I've been around preachers. And I know what to say. And I know what they all say. And it's easier to say things when you're not in it. It's easy preaching and hard living. Faith is easy to have when you got a job. Faith is easy to have when your wife is still there. Faith is easy to have when your children ain't sick. Faith is easy to have when your boss likes you. And it's easy to tell somebody that's lost all of those things, hey, you just need to have faith. It's easy to say that when you've got all that they've just lost. But you know, sometimes when you're in the midst of that grief, you can't find God's people and you can't feel God's presence. I said, God, I know these two. And I've told these two. But there's some it's just not enough. He said, I know it. And this is the, this is the revelation. This is the revelation. This is when God just came down in my room last night and whispered in my ear. Y'all ready? Y'all listening? He said, son, I know there's going to be times when you can't find God's people. And there's going to be times when you can't feel my presence. It's in them, during those times, when you can't rely on the people, when you can't rely on the presence, this is what you have to do. You must learn to rely on His promise. Promise. Mike, you ain't always going to feel Him. You're not always going to feel Him, but that don't mean He's not there. I remember the funniest story, the funniest story, the funniest story, I don't remember whether my grandma told me or my dad told me. But you just have to know my grandma to understand this. My, my, uh, 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 my dad was, was not paying attention to my grandmother. And, and my grandmother was from the old school. Are y'all with me? She would whoop, whoop you just to stay in practice. Are y'all with me? She kept telling him, am I going to stay close to me? I gonna, this is when he was a little old bitty fellow. They was in the grocery store. Am I going to stay close to me? He kept drifting off. You know how little kids are in the grocery store. There's so many things to be investigating in the grocery store. Well, he kept drifting off. She'd tell him two or three times, stay with me. Stay right here beside me. Don't leave my side. And, 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 uh, and, 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 and all this. And, well, he finally just kept on drifting away. And, 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 and so she went on around the corner. And he was there just, just checking out the world. And, and he turned around. And Grandma was gone. Now, she was peeking through the Ruffles potato chips. He looked around and started screaming bloody murder. Mama! Mama! You know when they get that quivering. Man, the manager, people started coming around trying to comfort him. He didn't want the manager. He didn't want the checkout lady. He didn't want nobody but his mama. And you know what? Grandma was behind the Ruffles. She was there. He couldn't feel her. She was right there. He was okay. He didn't feel it. He didn't know it. He didn't think it. A few minutes, she let him 
go through a trial. Then she come on around the corner. <laughs> Grandma said she, he was like a on her leg the rest of the day. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? Sometimes you can't feel him. But what did he say? I will never leave thee, nor give him praise. That's good. Can he lie? He has no ability to lie. Give me my verse. Give me my verse under that, Brother Barnes. Watch this. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he... Now watch this. There, read it with me. There hath not... Read it with me, everybody. I need everybody in the building, even if you don't like Jesus, read it anyhow. Read it with me. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. I don't feel him. Well, just trust his promise. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, but he promised to be there. Even though you can't see him. I don't care. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care how cloudy the sky is. I don't care how dark and stormy and rainy and lightning and blowing wind it is. The sun is still there. Now, you may not can see it. You may not can feel it. It may not be there to your mind. But I promise you, he's still there. When you can't depend on His people, when you can't depend on His presence, and you feel like you can't feel Him whatsoever, I guarantee you, you can trust in His promise. He will come through every single time. Every time. Say amen. Listen, when you're in that plane trial, when you're going through that divorce, when you're going through that death, when you're going through those things, and it seems like everybody's let you down, you can't feel God. He's there. Just wait on His promise. He won't let you down. Say amen. amen. Let's do these other quickly because that's really the message. That's what you need to hear. In the plain trial, we need to... Say it again. In the plain trial, we need to... Then be in the punishing trial. What do we need to do? Say it again. The trial will not cease till you deal with what God's telling you to deal with. Say it with me. The trial will not cease till you deal with what God tells you to deal with. Give me my verse, Brother Barnes, if you will, please. He that, read it with me. He that, come on, y'all. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and shall have You know, some of us have this idea that God is just going to overlook things. Well, maybe if I just hold out a little longer, He'll forget about it. Your parents may have forgot about it. Your guardian or your authority in your life growing up may have forgot about it. And I promise you this, God in heaven won't never. And if you live in a way that he's telling you not to, and he's telling you you need to fix this in your life, you need to deal with this bitterness in your life, you need to deal with this anger in your life, you need to deal with this in your life, that, listen, it ain't never going to quit till you deal with it. Till you do what that verse says. Confess it and... Sometimes we don't want to do that because we like it. 
Sometimes we like that little pet sin in our life. Sometimes we don't want to give that up. There's various other reasons for a lot of that, but in the, in the punishing trial, when God's dealing with us, we must say those two words, we must. Say it, say it again, we must. And remove. Number three, or whatever. See? In the plain trial, that first one, in the plain trial, we are to remember and rely. Rely on most of all God's promise. Then in the, the punishing trial, we are to repent and remove. Then see, in the, say it with me, in the purifying trial, we are to, watch this, watch this. This is where God helped me on our response. Look what the Bible says in verse number 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But, say it with me. Say it again. Rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now watch this. If ye be reproached for the name of... Now watch this. And stay with me. Please don't miss this. A lot of us have the false impression that we are to stand up and shout and testify and holler and, 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 and woo-hoo and be happy when our, our loved one's laying in the casket in front of us. Because we've heard it and we've heard it and, we've, we've, and I've said it, we've preached it, rejoice in the Lord always for all things. And, and, and the Bible says we're in that manifold temptation, rejoice. But what God told me last night, said, son, read the whole chapter. He said, I said that when you are suffering for Christ. Some of the suffering that we go through, some of the suffering we go through is plain trials. That's not what he's talking about. Some of the suffering we go through is punishing trials. And we sure ain't going to rejoice in them. But what he's talking about is when you are living as a Christian and you are living a godly life, and you suffer persecution, you go through, listen, difficult things, like those in Bangladesh, and those in Thailand, those in Iran, and those in the Sudan, who are being beat to the pulp, because they are a Christian, and they're standing up for God, they can rejoice in what they're going through, because God is walking with them, every step of the way. There's very little, there's very little suffering for Christ, here in the United States. Nobody, listen, hunted you down with an AK-47 on your way to church. Nobody stood in the parking lot to see if you had a Bible in your hand. You didn't have to sneak through the jungle to get here. You didn't have to get in an underground facility and hide from the authorities. No, sir. There's very little suffering for Christ in the United States. There is some. But what's really hurt a lot of people is when they're in that plane trial. They're in that difficulty. They're in that grieving stage in their life. And they feel like they have to jump up for joy and have the joy of the Lord in their heart while they're supposed to be grieving. And God said, that ain't what I said. I said, rejoice when you're suffering for Christ. When your loved one is gone, that's not suffering for Christ. That's the plain thing that's going to happen to everybody. It's at those times is when you are supposed to grieve. And listen, use that healing process that God has given everybody. I don't jump up in the morning when I, man, I've got aches and pains in the morning. I can't even hardly get out of bed. I don't say, amen, amen, amen. 
tried to bed again. I don't do that. That's a plain trial. That's just something we all have and we all face. And I just say, oh, God, help me again. Amen. Just like most of us. So let's not get the false impression that God expects you in the midst of a grieving process to have a camp meeting. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. When David would grieve, he would pull out his hair and put ashes on his head and, and rip off his clothes and fall and fall before his face before God and grieve. It's okay to do that. It's okay to cry. It's okay to weep when we're going through those difficult things. But when we're in that purifying trial, when we're in that trial, when God's working on us to develop, listen, His love in us, his, his affection in us, His tenderness, and He's trying to develop the character of Christ in us, what do we do then? We Listen, we ask Him. We request for the grace to get through it. Paul said, Lord, remove this thorn from my side. Remove this pain from my side. Remove this difficulty. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Put that, put that point up, Brother Bowen. In the purifying trial, say this with me. We must... Here's, here's what I want you to request. I didn't write it down, but this is what you, what, what you need to request. Lord, I'm requesting guidance so I can learn what I'm supposed to learn. I'm requesting grace so I can make it through this trial. I want, if I'm going to go through it, I want it to do something for me. Are y'all with me up here? I mean, if I'm going to go through it, I might as well get the goody out of it. It might as well do something for me. If I'm going to suffer through this thing, I need to learn. What can I be better? What can I have to make me more like Christ? God, give me guidance to learn what I need to learn. And then, Lord, more than anything, give me grace to make it through it. Church, say amen. amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Three areas that we face, everybody does. Plain trials, punishing trials, purifying trials. Areas we face in life we don't understand. Areas in life we can't figure out. I wonder how many, wonder how many today is facing a trial. I wonder how many today is...